Ferreira, am I saying that correctly? Yes, you I, are. I really need to ask these questions in pre-show. <laughs> you think? Like, we just spent 20 minutes. Uh, okay, so let me give you a be- behind-the-scenes peek. Typically, we pre-show for like 20 minutes because I have to handhold people to get them set up correctly. When he says people, he means me. Sometimes it's always a guest and sometimes Aaron. Oscar came in like, hey, I'm here and all my shit works. So I didn't know what to do with myself for 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, it's not That's too bad. Not I a common thing, Zach, for you to not know what to do with yourself for 20 minutes. Say uh, that again. Say the first part of that again. I said it's not uncommon for you to not know what to do with yourself for 20 minutes. I must be overthinking that one. I'm, look, okay, so here's the thing. For me, I had a car breakdown today. I hate that fucking car so much. Uh, and and Elfie had two interviews, and I had an interview, and um, oh man, it has been a day. We've had we had to play musical vehicles, and uh, yeah. So and now I'm sidetracked. Oscar, you're running for how for Ohio House District ninety five. Is it ninety five? Uh, ninety six. Um, ninety six. Yeah, I was close. So I'm. Yeah, uh, some. You're not the first person to confuse it, so don't worry about it. <laughs> well, go ahead and while I go do my producer stuff, tell us about that race a little bit. Okay, so I'll be. So far, I'm the only officially declared candidate for this seat. And the first, probably the first libertarian running for this seat here. Uh, it's looking to be a three-way, three-way race with. Uh, it's funny. It's probably going to be me. A it's each of the candidates is different age groups. So I'm like the Gen Z. Then we have a millennial, and it looks like to be a boomer Democrat. So we're going to cover all those three ranges. So it's going to be an interesting race. Uh, I'm looking more to get the independent the kind of the vote of the people who don't feel like they have a stake in the system who really don't see a reason why to vote for this seat which is a significant margin let's say 25 to 75 percent 75 percent not voting for that seat and people need to realize how how immediate the effect is from a state rep position like if you don't like your state get gas tax that's all all on us the state rep <laughs> So and you and you feel that more immediate than let's say a federal, uh, let's say a bill. <laughs> right. So now we say that we a lot, right? We we talk a lot on the show about how the politics that affect you the most severely tend to be local politics, um, mm-hmm. and in state is still relatively local. Um, do you feel like a state rep has? Um, more effect negative or positive on an individual citizen than maybe their mayor or their city council or does that only maybe apply in certain areas i think that would apply for (laughs) certain areas because in my whole district i only have like three cities the rest of it is villages townships so it's more it's more on the state level that people feel it like city councils really don't have much power here it's more the state and your district's real rural then yeah very rural it's two counties and a sliver of another so do you have a plan to try and get higher voter turnout since it's been so low in the past yeah right now i'm right now this year is more activism getting the awareness on local bills uh part of my campaign at least on the social media side is bringing awareness to like say state bills house bills that will affect detrimentally to the people I try to write a letter to the editor every month on a certain bill in support or against, and that kind of helps with the name recognition. Because even when I did my paperwork to declare the Board of Elections, like, Oscar Herrera, I've seen that name before. I know who that is. So I like people know are aware of me, at least in the immediate Jefferson County. And I'm not sure about Monroe County, the, the, the next county I would be representing. And that's even more rural and more separated. Say so you that. said you're trying to write in, uh, do a letters to the editor thing, yes. writing in for or against different bills. Yes. So like over the last year, let's play like roses and thorns, right? What was the best bill that you saw come up in your opinion? What was the worst? 
the best bill so far that I've seen was the creation of a hemp uh, cultivation program in Ohio. And especially since, uh, especially where I live, it's a lot of farmers, local farmers. And and those crops they produce have been going down the last few years. So it'd be great to have a new crop for them to, and especially such a high value crop with a high turnout that it would bring much needed money to them. <laughs> and, and, and the worst? Ooh, that's pretty... <laughs> <laughs> That's. Oh, I know it's hard to pick the worst thing government yeah. has done in a year, right? But I think the one that I saw a lot of slippery slope was that my state senator supporter was increasing. I think it was changing, like let's say if you were protesting a protesting, uh, like let's say a project, it would be um, it would change it from a misdemeanor to a felony, I believe. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a very it was it was worded very weird, and and like I got a lot of criticism, at least constructive criticism on my wording. But I mean, you kind of have to play the slippery slope card to get people to realize, hey, this is just one step in the wrong direction. Let's take it ten steps further and see where it could go. <laughs> That's a good uh, way to navigate that. So you were talking earlier, kind of going back a little bit. You were talking about targeting more uh, kind of disenfranchised voters and, and people that have kind of checked out of the system. And, and I, like I've started calling that the Larry Sharp approach because that's a, what a lot of his team was focused on in New York. And that was about as successful of a campaign as we could have expected out of that state, I think. I think so too. If, what do you think it it's going to take to get someone who thinks that there's just no fixing the system at this point to buy in enough to go out and vote for you like what what issues do you think are that you are strong on that the people in your district care about that is going to get someone <laughs> off their couch to come vote i think a lot of it a lot of our my district is small business so it's like and a lot of people want to start a small business because honestly those are the big, biggest jobs creators especially in the rural area and then if they come and just talking about that, they always come up with a brick wall. Like, okay, I, in order to get my business plan one step further, I have to go through this brick wall and another brick wall. And then part of it, part of my campaign is have, helping them realize, hey, those brick walls have been set up by government, by both parties. So why not elect someone in that position who will want to take away these these barriers into event, of entry into the economic sector? and allow businesses to just plant their flag, get started, get people working and have that money start circulating into the economy. So I know economic development is a big part of your campaign plan. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it, it, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about here. <laughs> but my guess is your campaign plan goes much deeper into economic development than just uh, licensing, right? Yeah, licensing, there's a few bills that reduce recently the amount of hours needed to become, let's say, cosmetologist and all others, like from 15, 1,500 to a, just a thousand, which is a step in the right direction. But uh, which bills I'm eager to support. I mean, I'm, I can't wait on my butt and wait for the perfect bill to get rid of it. If I could take a practical step towards economic liberty, then I'll take it. That's, it's pretty much the lens I'm gonna look at every bill. It's like, all right, is this a stepping through ec to economic prosperity or economic authoritarianism? And and pretty much with any bill diluted to, is it towards liberty or authoritarianism? So, what are some other steps in your um, in your economic development plan? A lot How of it is pro business. A lot of it. A lot of it is creating like a. Unfortunately, like. Some people aren't big on getting rid of taxes on my district, but like creating a tax structure to that incentivizes uh, investment in the area and retention because a lot it's easy for a business to be given like let's say a ten year deal, set up a small shop and call it quits after ten years. You want those industries to stay long term, and also have a a diverse economy where it's not just relying on one industry because if you're if you're very reliant on let's say steel for example was the, the backbone of our my district and once that was gone that rippled through the economy like crazy and we're still feeling the effects now 
And like, is it great that we're getting like at least quote unquote minimum wage jobs? Yeah, because people are working, but I, those aren't enough for people. You want people to make those jobs that are 16, 17 and up an hour so they could like, let's say, get a mortgage, buy a house, start a family, have a stake in the system. If not, they're too worried about paying the bills and too little time is worried on actually affecting positive change in our community. So it sounds like you see a tie between economic development and education. Uh, yes. Uh, education in our state is, we're still pretty much relying on Common Core and a lot of the schools are very outdated. Like They haven't been updated in decades. And unfortunately they're trying to uh, upgrade them now where there's really there's not a lot of economic certainty. So it's like an extra, let's say we just, in the school district I reside, they passed a levy and part of that levy, which I vehemently disagreed with is upgrading a middle school they just built not even five years ago. <laughs> Did you see an opportunity for like charter school or homeschool expansion in your district? <clears throat> not some, uh, maybe more like homeschooling and a lot of it's online schooling. like. Because a lot of uh, brick and mortar schools aren't for everyone. Let's just say that for a fact. But we have uh, online education, which a lot of people are profiting off of. And honestly, it's something I, especially because part of my campaign is pushing tech. So it's like it would be something great for everyone. That way, like a parent could be more invested in the child. I like that. So, Dre, what are you um, drinking? out of the box again so that yeah i wasn't having a tinkle there that was retail. out of the box it, this is a gin and juice night for me y'all yep so um so we I, i've talked to a couple other people like candidates in different states and i it, it i've started to kind of develop a pattern when when we're talking about education do you know what the percentage of the education budget in your district goes to administration costs as opposed to teachers and students? Are, is that a number that you have like any any guess at? I don't, unfortunately. I don't have that number at hand, but uh, it's, it's probably higher than I would like it to be. I would say look into that. When I ran in 2016, that was one of the things we looked at. Oklahoma has it has still a superintendent for every school district and we don't have county school districts right we have city and in, in, in town school districts and a superintendent for every school district just by consolidating some of those in the rural districts we're, we're talking school districts that have enrollment of less than 600 students per district have a principal at, at the elementary school, at the junior high school, and at the high school, vice principals at all places, administration staffs at all places, and a superintendent who also has a staff, a brick and mortar building, all of that. We found a ton of money just sitting there that could be better spent, truly allowing the money to follow the student by consolidating some of those superintendents, not even consolidating districts, just superintendents. Yeah, because from my district, uh, we have so many school districts, and some of them just cover one high school, one middle school, and uh, one elementary school. And that's just one, that's a lot of administration just on that district alone. Where, and this, and honestly, it would be better just to have, let's say, like, a, let's say, if I were, because we have our Indian Creek in Steubenville, and then all the other ones, just, it'd be better to have, let's say, a Jefferson County United School District, where it's one superintendent and and few K, let's say K to eights and a few high schools all together, like really keep it on the county level and reduce the overhead. Now your district's really rural though, so how do you respond to parents who say, Yeah, Oscar, that sounds great and I want to save that money. But if we do that, my kid's gonna be on a school bus for 45 minutes, one direction every day. Mm -hmm. Or the people that say, I moved here because of this school district, and now you're talking about taking it away. Those are the two things I got push back on the most. So how do you respond to those? Well, on the transportation issue, like a lot of the, we have a school choice, like parents are willing to drive their kids uh, 40 minutes for a better school. And honestly, so that wouldn't be much of a hassle. Plus it, the schools are so spread out and some of them are like pretty much hidden in like near farms. So, <laughs> but I, it's kind of hard for like a libertarian cause like 
keep it local and stuff. But it's like if you reduce right. the administration, at least as much administration as possible, more money could be diverted into those schools so they could create better programs and compete for that enrollment. Yep. Then that's where this money should be going. And I think that you'll win a lot of votes on that aspect for one issue voters. If you talk about how, you know, you can get rid of the exorbitant costs of administration in schools and put the money where it should go towards teachers and students instead of, you know, and, uh, you know, giant bloated, you know, administration staff. Yeah. I would challenge you to pull the financial records of like um, each district's education building almost every school district has a separate education center right where the superintendent all of his staff is it's a brick and mortar uh, and we we think about the salaries a lot of times when we're talking about that right but this is way bigger than salaries it's heating and cooling it's property taxes on that building it's equipment it's paper it's pens all of that adds up to a whole lot of money and typically those buildings are better furnished and better temperature controlled than the schools that your children are attending Oh, yeah, I saw that personally. Uh, I went to apply for a job at the school district and the actual superintendent building, up to date, much cleaner. And then the my high, the high school I graduated from barely has any heating, probably from the 50s, 60s. You could probably film a classic horror movie in it. <laughs> yeah, we have teachers, libertarian teachers, who have, like, tried to patch holes in their portable classroom. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. in the stuff we saw in Detroit just a few years back with in, entire sections of ceilings caving in on students. But the superintendent's office, I promise you, that shit never goes down there because they wouldn't go to work in it. They're happy to send yeah. your kids to school in it, but they would not go to work in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, if you if you bring up that issue with uh, parents, they'll, they'll resonate strongly with it and it'll stir them up. So. Yeah, I'll do that for sure. I would show them pictures. <laughs> show them pictures of that building where you went to apply for the job and then show them pictures of your high school. Oh, yeah. And it's it's funny because like a lot of parents do complain about that, but they don't know how to approach it. So it'd be interesting. It'd be a great opportunity for my campaign to do that, to like say, hey, you want to know why the school is in such a great state? Look at the superintendents. They're wasting yeah. money in, there instead of investing it in our kids. <laughs> part of my and that's kind of feeds into my campaign it's like i want to start the gears for people in their minds like oh wait it's it's not just one person it's the whole system that's not like working for us it's working against us and it's not doing what we want it to do <laughs> so you're trying to highlight for them how the entire system is flawed how it's not just a one crooked politician here hmm. or a little bit of, of crony corporatism over here it's the way the, the system is actually structured that's working against you. You're trying to educate at that level. Yeah, I, I brought it up in a first time. It's I'm providing multifaceted solutions to multifaceted problems. <laughs> it's like that's I can't important, just, you know, you can't just point out a problem. You have to offer solutions. And I think that really actually resonates more with people than anything else. Yeah, because it's like at the end of the day, you could say, like for libertarians, like we're all for this and for that. And that's great to know what we're for. But it, until you break it down to, let's say, my campaign at the state level, this is what's not working here. We really can't do anything else. <laughs> do you, so do you think that's a lot of the disconnect that um, people are so busy and so distracted and so stressed just trying to get through one day after another day in their little community or in their home? that they don't even have time to to analyze what the problem is they're just getting hit by problem after problem after problem yeah it's like yeah exactly that because people are just trying to get by get their bills paid and just send their kids to school and but they don't have time to like really sit down okay why is my my community the way it is because they're too focused on themselves and like as libertarians we we're all about the empowerment of the individual it's like and we want and part of my campaign is to empower individuals to have a bigger say in the system. Let's say, like, it's not enough for me to say, okay, you're paying the bills. All right. I want you to live, like, be in a structure so well set that you can move away from, like, my home is my base camp, is my house in order, empowered individual to, to get themselves in order, their family in order, and from there move on to the community at large 
much. Like, how can I help my community and empower the community? And from there, it just trickles outward. So really, your campaign is all about the fact that you just want people to be happy. Yes, it's like, or find like purpose and meaning and like actually have a pursuit of something. In That's the very pursuit cool. of happiness Because it's like, yeah, it's great to be like, let's say happiness and a very hedonistic attitude, like escape the suffering. But if you're not doing anything meaningful with your life, you really aren't contributing much to yourself because you're abdicating responsibilities and in your community because it honestly starts with you. And I said this, and it's an idea exploring like the salvation of the state is the individual. Like if one person stands up, say, hey, something's not right, you could start a revolution. And if all multiple people could get themselves together and realize the flaws of the system, then the whole system could be better off. It's not enough to fix the system. It's becoming the agent that constantly fixes the system to the, for the betterment of the individual. <laughs> So how do you counter, I mean, you're running as a libertarian, you want to literally say no new taxes, right? You're not looking to, to support new taxes. So Oscar, I got to ask you, what about my roads, man? <laughs> my roads. Well, if great, all right. I hate, oh, yeah, as we say, taxation, theft, and all that. No, my roads, the biggest <laughs> statist, uh, but it's very interesting because it's like my roads. Yeah, <laughs> I would say like save those roads. And why do you hate old people and poor people and children? Hey, uh, I know old people, and I used to be poor. So hey, I can. <laughs> I am the yeah. poor. <laughs> but it's like here's the thing. Like I, I hate to say it, but I will because. Everything could be done voluntarily if we can. It, it can be achieved, but it's... Okay, so I use that argument, right? Yeah. It's like, look, if Walmart wants to open a Walmart in the mm -hmm. town, they're yeah. gonna, they have an interest in maintaining a road so that people yeah. can get to their business and get out. And here's what I got hit back with. Yeah, but what if Walmart wants the road in front of them to be brick? And Lowe's next door, they're okay with gravel. And then the the little restaurant up the street, they want asphalt. And and all the roads are multi-surfaces every two blocks, and it's miserable for everybody. Mm -hmm. I, I think people don't realize that what we're really talking about is about a, a voluntary communities, right? And, and voluntary interactions and the right to disassociate. All those things are key tenets of libertarianism. So I think when we talk to each other, mm -hmm. we we know that right when we talk yeah. to other people we assume they know that too and they don't um so you, you just sometimes have to backtrack and go look we really believe that members of a community would come together and say if you want to build your business this walmart in our community these are the standards that we're asking you to meet um yeah. we believe that communities would handle that but i think for us as libertarians we know this right that's yeah. Like somebody who's been around a week knows that we're talking about voluntary interactions and, and voluntary communities and, and working together in that way. But when we talk to people outside of, of kind of the echo chamber, they don't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's like. That's all the staff, Beasley says. Yeah. I love you, Derek. I'm with you. Yeah, it's like, I think what offer one of the many opportunities my campaign affords is I'll be the first libertarian candidate people will meet probably ever like so it's part of it's an educational front and that's kind of i wouldn't say forcing me but encouraging me to like really delve into libertarianism and all the philosophy and every aspect of it because it's like like no pressure there dude uh, right you gotta represent as well yeah, <laughs> yeah i might as well it's like because it's like i have to represent myself well but also the, the libertarian brand and it's like if I can't articulate libertarianism well, it hurts the brand of libertarianism, and it hurts myself because like ah, this kid doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> right, it hurts every activist who's out there busting their ass every day trying to get shit done. Right? Yeah, that it's but no weight, no pressure. Right? Oh yeah. You know what? I think you're great. I think you are articulating just fine. <laughs> so I have, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, I've I've seen you talk a little bit on Facebook about um being recruited fairly recently like I, you know i i've been in the lp for like 10 years at this point so 
anything like newer than five or six years is recent to me. Um, what, what, like, what brought you to the party? You're kind of a younger guy. Um, like, what's the story there? Because I think that would be interesting to find out. Yeah, I've been officially with the LP for about almost three years. I'm only 23, so I'm I'm really young <laughs> in current terms of like everyone that's run, probably going to run against me. But uh, I think what really pushed me over the edge is like I voted in the Republican primary, but of 16 for Rand Paul because and at this point he dropped out, but his name was still on the ballot. So I was like, I can't support anyone else because everyone else wasn't my candidate and seeing that Trump was going to be a forefront Republican nominee now president I was like yeah this is not the Republican party that I knew when I joined because I, I kind of got in into libertarianism with the Tea Party wave and that what really drew me in because before that I was I come from a Democratic household we were all in for Obama in 08 I was all in for Obama in 08 and then around 2012 is when I became familiar with uh, my my gateway to libertarianism was objectivism with Ann Rand because uh, she uh, Anthem was part of our reading curriculum in tenth grade, and when I read that, a lot of it resonated with me, like the 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 challenge of the individual against uh against the state. I'm like, hey, I'm here offering you a tool to better your lives, but you're stuck in these regressive patterns that really aren't doing anyone any good. So that resonated with me, and from there, I read Atlas Shrugged read a lot of uh and I actually did a book report on atlas shrugged that year too so it was a good challenge to really delve into objectivism and from there i read ostia friedman a little bit of mises rothbard and every and just started dwelling into that a little bit and it's addictive right oh yeah it is it's like a fire you just once it ignites it's hard to like quench <laughs> but yeah and then Part of that was also like, because I, instead of, if I wasn't doing politics, I would have been in church ministry, but uh, I tried, I found like libertarian, like principles and Christian belief system. There's a, like a lot of like, my belief is uh, the proper role of a Christian in, let's say the political system is to help the victims of the state and also fight injustice in the state. (laughs) So then are you a member of the secular caucus? I am not. I'm not so, I I have a quick question here because I I did ministry actually a little bit a little bit younger than you, but same age range. Um, do you find that sometimes uh, talking about libertarianism feels like preaching or being a missionary? <laughs> yeah, especially like if you're like the first people they encountered, it's like going into the jungle and like, hey. <laughs> What's up? I'm here. I have like, the good news. Go. I got the good news. Yep. You know, I kind of followed that last night. It was, I was talking to a uh, Democrat at the bar, and it was bizarre. Okay, wait a minute. When you say bizarre, what do you mean? Okay, maybe bizarre is not the right word. It was exhausting. Because he oh, was... Okay. A- drunk b he just got off the plane from seattle and had ate a bunch of edibles before he got on the plane so he's not you know what i mean he's not all there to begin with you know he's not got all of his faculties and then he's like totally misunderstanding everything i'm saying even the most basic of libertarian principles because he asked so i felt it was my duty to inform of course i got trolled in real life you got slapjacked in real life. The power of liberty compelled her. Can we talk about slapjack? I'm going to have, have to call BS right there. <laughs> can, can we talk about slapjack? This, this should be explained because our guest is looking at us like we're idiots. Yeah, so can, can we explain this a little bit? Dre, I think you're in the best position to explain this. Do so. <laughs> Okay, so there is an uh, an individual on Facebook that goes by Slapjack Swaynucker. Something like that. And there's also a Flapjack Swaynucker. And these individuals have been trolling certain other people. And um, it's really funny. And one of the, com- the common comments is, I don't know, man, I'm going to have to call BS on that. 
but okay. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, we've been seeing these same trolls kind of pop up on on multiple posts by libertarians with some influencer reach. So they're definitely coming up. Um, it, I mean, honestly, I guess at this point, if you get trolled by them, it it means you matter to somebody. I don't know. Um, but they're they're definitely out there. Watch for them. See if you can identify them. They're funny. So. Yeah. The thing is, they are targeting specifically boomers that don't understand how catfishing works. So right. it's hilarious, and I shouldn't feel as as happy about it as I do. <laughs> but, you know, there's a way that most people speak to each other on Facebook, and it is not in blocks of text that you have to scroll through for one comment. No, but sometimes it's it's equally bad in different ways, right? Like sometimes you, know, sometimes you can get your point across in two or three sentences and it doesn't take two or three pages. Yeah, you've got it. This is absolutely a Twitter society. If you can't, if you can't make a, a bullet point statement, it, at least open with the bullet point statement and then explain yourself in the comments, right? You, you've got to get people brought in and hooked. What's um, cool about Ayn Rand? Well, I will tell you, my daughter goes to Stillwater Junior High School in her AP English class. She read Anthem as a summer project this year as a freshman. So a lot of schools allow Ayn Rand, thankfully. Where, where did you go, Oscar? Uh, this was in San Diego for three years, Rancho Buena Vista. Part of, part of, oh, it, was, okay. part of it was also for the school curriculum, but our teachers uh, made us write an essay we submitted to her, but also did that contest they do. So, cool. nice. Well, that's, you know, kind of surprising, but cool. Because, yeah, I think that comment came up when uh, Oscar was talking about that. Yeah. So, Oscar, are you, are you an Atlas Society member? Uh, I am not. I'm not. But um, I've always had, like, I have, like, all her books in my shelf, at least the main three. And I read them occasionally to get a refresher on objectivism and I read some of their speeches to get like, ideas for my own writings and speeches I'd give. You guys kind is that of like the main three? Is that like D and D has three main books and then you have to buy all the supplements too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, do you guys think we're kind of facing like almost in a lot of ways, a modern day Gulch Gulch in the United States, at least where like our best and brightest are being, either persecuted to the point that they're forced out of the country or they're just simply moving out of the country because they're being taxed to death. I'd say it's the latter. Like, are we really facing that loss of, of our best and our brightest? I mean, Snowden's gone. Assange is gone. How long before Musk gets sick of the bullshit? Yeah, you know, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, as a billionaire, I'm sure it would look really attractive to go to a place with that was a tax haven where you could, you know, do whatever you felt like with all of your money. Yeah, like I would just buy a fucking island and declare sovereignty. Right, start your own fucking bank. Then like, fuck you. Like, there's I why, why bother? Why bother to innovate? Why bother to do those things when you're going to be taxed to death? Or jailed. Or we, you know. Sorry, I'm just kind of looking I mean, through some Ross stuff. Still, the, the, the Free Ross Project is still a thing, you guys. I, I just want to jump in here for a sec. We're talking about like basically corporate tax rates. Um, America is fairly consistent with like England, Denmark, Sweden, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, we do have higher, as I recall, we have higher uh, individual tax rates, though. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Because we're paying for the defense of half the fucking world. Right. We're providing the defense of for half yeah. the fucking world. Mm -hmm. that, that, so here's the thing. That's why, that's why European socialism here. can't work here is because it only works there kind of because we're footing the bill for their national defense. We're well, keeping right. off countries are economically socialist. No, no, None but that's why I say yeah, European no. style socialism because it's, it's a different animal. They're only partly socialist. Yeah. But none of those countries are economically socialist. 
So socialism beyond being just a, a political kind of constraint is also an, a different economic constraint, right? Mm-hmm. All of those socialist countries operate on a capitalist economy. Fact. Yep. So I, I want to get into something because we were talking about this in the pre-show a little bit. And I feel like we've, we've covered um, the initial topic pretty well. Everyone now knows who Oscar is and why his race is important. Yep. Um, but we were talking about this earlier about Justin Amash. Yeah. And, uh, the some people trying to pull him into the LP. Um, there's there's been some shots fired that I've seen. People are complaining about. This is kind of a side thing. People are complaining about uh, a specific LNC member who is actively courting Amash, trying to get him to switch parties. Um, and they say that LNC members should not be working on like basically playing favorites as far as presidential candidates go. Um, I don't, I don't know if we necessarily want to touch that. My God, I sit on the LNC. You're killing me, dude. Um, (laughs) I I know. I I wanted to dance around this one, but I think, we kind of need to address it. I absolutely it. believe that individuals have the right to the freedom of speech and expression, mm-hmm. and that includes political speech and expression, right? I do. This is a place where I'm really torn mm-hmm. because I would never want to stifle somebody's right to politically express themselves. Sure. I wouldn't. Um, but, but coming. <laughs> you know, look. I could absolutely make a whole lot more money working for an old party. And I could take this oh, job totally. tomorrow, right? I absolutely could. But I don't because number one, I don't support their mission. And number two, that's a conflict of interest. You got to put that comment up. Um, what comment is it? Touch that subject like Joe Biden. <laughs> Beasley? Damn it, Eric. <laughs> so um my thing that like my response to that um because someone who i respect initially said that to me and i went down the rabbit hole and found where it was coming from um i think that it would be wrong for dan fishman to endorse a person for president of the LP because he is an employee of the LP. And I understand that being a conflict of interest. I do not think it is the same for you to work with the campaign that you work with or for Josh to agitate to try to get Justin Amaz to switch parties because you're not paid. You're volunteers. And to me, that makes a world of difference. We're not paid, but we were elected to serve the best interest. Do you think of the that, libertarian body? Do you think it's in the best so interest I of the Libertarian it. Party for Kim Ruff to be the presidential candidate? I I I think that yeah. Out then of what's the problem? Of, especially out of our field of candidates, I think that um, look, I as much as I would love to see us take the White House, that will not happen in my lifetime. Right. Education has to come first. We, we, we run in the big show to keep ballot access. Yeah. If we weren't legally forced to jump through hoops to keep ballot access, we wouldn't even run a candidate yet. Probably not. We would start from the bottom like we're doing in so many places. And we would focus all of our energy on municipal races and city races and work up and build a bench just like the old parties were able to do. But we are legally screwed in this ballot access thing. And Ohio, where Oscar is, has suffered, like, for my lifetime with this shit. I think we spent, like, a quarter of a million dollars trying to get ballot access. What What is the current um, – what do you have to do to retain ballot access into the new collection? Uh, for Ohio, I, the law is pretty iffy, but I think 5% is consistent. But, uh, Jesus. Or actually, that, Oklahoma in the Johnson Wealth campaign, we, one of those two. we scored in the top four, had the top four highest percentages in the country, four out of 50, right? And we only hit 5.7%. Wow. Yeah, it was like, 
<laughs> it was well, it, well. I mean, obviously, it was New Mexico because uh, obviously they still like him. Um, Look, ballot access laws are ballot censorship. Oh yeah, That's what they are. Ballot access are not what it is. This is voter suppression. Yeah, at the highest level. So, so this is something that I've actually. Um, here goes all of my cred burned in one fell swoop. Oh. I think that Dude, since, don't make me come over there. since parties are part of national politics, that there is an interest for a federal government to tell states that they cannot take a part take a party off of their uh, ballot access uh, based on some arbitrary rule like needing five percent. I've wanted to see someone challenge that on something like that, right? Look, every one of those states that is blocking out their ballot is also electing federal representatives. Exactly. Like if you want to say so if you want to say for state house or whatever, we we can't really make an argument if you want to set the rules for well you're a party but we're not going to put your party on for state house. Okay, well we'll fight that battle on on its own battlefield, but uh, Look, have you don't have attorneys. the right to block a federal election like that. And we have some great attorneys in the party. If, if one of you or any of you can explain to us why this hasn't already been made a federal case, please do, because we are really like seriously grasping here. Um, and I know a lot of you watch, so write us or let us know. And here's the like, like, do we have to pull a case? Because we will pull a case. And and here's the thing, like I, everyone everyone knows by now I don't have principles. I will fight these motherfuckers how however I may, and that's just how I view things. Like they're not going to play by any set of rules. They're going to change the rules every time we we meet the requirements. So why should we? Either well, we force them to play the by time, their right? rules, or we we go low when they go low. We hear all the time that as libertarians that would be a violation of the non-aggression principle, right? That would be us taking aggression. And I'm going to call bullshit. It's fucking self-defense. Yeah. I, I, I would are not wrong past aggression. Past. This is yeah. anything that anybody does at this point is self-defense. Do you want to jump in on that one? It's <laughs> no, pretty interesting. And I agree with all of you. I mean, a federal case would make bring eyeballs, and it would force, uh, I would say, Republicans very much on the integrity of the vote because it would say, hey, because they're very big on, I, I love I love that they play into their own games because it's, it's, it's a very intricate game. And you would force them into a bot like, hey, you want to you want to preserve the integrity of vote, allow greater freedom in in the vote, the, the, the polling vote. Booth. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Because you have, it's like, you have to play dirty. You have to be you have to understand the game they're playing and use that game against them. Yeah. And that's pretty much with any libertarian. It's like an, a fundamental understanding of the games you're playing with these people. Cause it's like, you have to force them into a corner and try to get them. And hopefully they, they don't weasel themselves out, <laughs> but. Right. Like we are the visiting team, mm-hmm. right? This is not our field. Uh, yep. But we yeah. we are the uh, the New Orleans Saints, and they are blatantly committing pass interference. So we did <laughs> all day long, motherfuckers. <laughs> that was some shit. I don't know what that I, I had to throw one sports reference in there just so it could go over Dre's head. <laughs> it it we kind of went over there. my head, dude. So <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, not... He might as well have been speaking Greek. Like well, I, I mean, I know what you're talking about, but I just went. <laughs> <laughs> so, can we talk about the most important thing that happened this week? Oh, What's which that? one? Kofi Kingston is the new WWE champion. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, I'll get out of here. So, I do want to take a quick moment here uh, because. We have our support. We don't have a Patreon. Anchor has its own built-in support structure, and, and I would like to plug ours. Uh, anchor.fm slash AZA Raptor slash support. Uh, there's a $1 a month, a $5 a month, and a $10 a month. I know that's kind of limiting 
but help us out. Uh, I do want to shout out our our first patron, I, for lack of a better thing to say, uh, John Phillips Jr. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, it means a lot. It really, really does. You know, if anybody, any amount is appreciated, you guys. Seriously. And, and I like ninety nine cents a month. Come on, guys. That's and seriously. We have some big stuff coming up. So. So one of the things that we're talking about doing is if you are on that nine ninety nine a month uh, plan with us, we are going to create a. Uh, Aaron will need to smoke more for a WWE discussion. Oh shit! I'm gonna have to smoke a lot more. Um, we want to create kind of a an after dark group, we'll say, and do some extra podcasts that are maybe a little more than Facebook will allow. So um, be on the lookout for that. We're we're kind of playing around with some options there. Uh, we yeah, might have to move some streams to Twitch. Of, it'll give you a private group of some sort. Um, it may be on a platform other than Facebook, but it'll give you that private group and access to limited content, private content. Some of the memes that, that Raptor won't ever let us share. Um, Aaron has been trying to do this. Aaron has been trying to do this meme where Trump is jerking off to a picture of the wall for like weeks. And I just, I have begged. Nobody will let me. So like, no one wants to see that shit. Like, like, I don't want to see anybody jerking off. Not even a cartoon of Trump. Like, ugh. Look, you'll get access to original content. Um, well, and I, I have a tattoo on my back I need to finish. I was planning on live streaming that, and, you know, that would be pretty cool. It's going to take a while. I've been putting it off for a while. We're not We're not going to use Patreon because we, we believe in free speech. Yep. And um, to us, that's more than a government principle. That is a... Uh, an actual principle that we we hold to. I do have some principles, guys. So, like, fuck MasterCard and fuck Patreon. Yeah, so. The other thing that you're going to get in that group is um, exclusive internet events. There will be game nights, movie nights, all kinds of cool oh, yeah. stuff. I might even host a D&D game if you're nerdy enough for that shit. Yeah, where we're hanging out and doing shit or watching a movie or playing a card game together as a group. Um, so that's what you're going to get with that $9.99 a month. Aaron and my wife might even do a bondage podcast. Who knows? Oh, that would be badass. <laughs> I would be in. Are you glad you came on this show, Oscar? That actually interests me. So, oh, <laughs> oh, he's let he's let. So there's a caucus for that. Oscar, Google the pineapple or Facebook search the pineapple caucus. What, what is your Bitcoin wallet ex- address? I don't remember. I'm sorry. I got out of crypto when it when the market fell apart. I'm sorry. I'm bad. Dre, do you have a Bitcoin wallet? You can be our Bitcoin holder. I do not. Worse than Hitler. I know. <laughs> I've already gassed zero juice today. I mean, I know, right? Did I, did I ever explain? So I had to explain. If you um, want to use Bitcoin, though, you can go to our page coming soon at themadstatus.com for a swag and you'll be able to use Bitcoin and multiple different cryptos there. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, so you destroy. Oh, right. So I need to explain this because I've been using that joke forever and apparently no one at work understands the worse <laughs> than Hitler joke. So uh, if you've never watched the old show red eye, um, which was oh god who was it he's on like the the five or whatever for fox now it's like the one semi-libertarian they have uh, great gutfeld great gutfeld yeah, yeah. Four rules later oh, you yeah. asked me this question i kind of so, like it fuck you so, Gutfeld's funny um, yeah so he would always you know to kind of troll the, the left uh, he would always be like, and and go like our Facebook page or blah, blah, blah. And if you don't, you're worse than Hitler. And the, the joke is, you know, because this is when the left really started pushing the, well, Bush is worse than Hitler and Trump is worse than Hitler. And and look, I mean, it's they're so pretty cool. shitty guys. But Hitler yeah. is a level of evil that yeah. is really hard to match. He had some, oh my God. Like there's some context there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, come on. And then. The other the other part of the joke for me is, and 
I'm probably going to hell for this part is uh, if I say that to someone, it's typically followed by at least Hitler could fix an economy for, you know, a short period of time. What the fuck have you ever done with your life? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Although Hitler did give us roundabouts. So fuck him. I don't mind an organ transplant. So, you know, dude, roundabouts wouldn't be so bad if idiots knew how to drive in them. Right. But yeah, you know what? No, I talked to. I have a colleague in in the LP who works in insurance, and we. I said something like that to him, and he pulled up statistics. Guys, places where roundabouts exist, there are fewer accidents. I think they are safer. I think, like I said, roundabouts would be great. There is a roundabout on 42nd and Q here in, in Omaha. There's a roundabout that hooks into a roundabout, and it's fucking annoying. I that swear to God, you will always get <laughs> one trip through. <laughs> I always get behind someone who has the right-of-way but doesn't know how it works, so they will stop and let three vehicles go while I'm sitting there blasting my horn, being like, look, motherfucker, you are destroying traffic. Dude, that happens you are in my defeating time the every point. Every Dude, I had a guy, I was behind this person who pulled out in front of me and then proceeded to roll down the street at 20 miles per hour. Oh, that pisses me off. There's nobody behind me, of course. So I gently tap my horn. They stop in the middle of the street. Oh, I got out my car. I laid I on the horn, you. and they flipped me off. No, fuck you. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, we just installed one like a few years ago, and it's it's. I know how to drive them, but it, apparently a lot of people were against it, and it's pretty easy, but it's, it's I mean, so I'm used hard. to that stuff. <laughs> Oscar, do you get road rage? I get the world's worst road rage. Oh, I do, especially when people don't use their blinkers. But it's like I'm listening to my heavy metal, so I'm already have that angry music. But like, <laughs> but it's like once they do, like just cut in. I'm like, I'm trying to get to point A to point B safely. Do not go like the last minute when it's super tight in front of me. So what's um, worse, guys? The guy stupid ass things is when I get the most road rage. Like I'll be annoyed with people in general, pretty much while I'm driving all the time. But especially when somebody has all the room in the world to pull out behind me, but they can't make a decision if they want to, and then they do at the last minute. And then they also, on top of pulling out in front of me, go slowly and make me slam on my brakes and like fuck with my whole day. What's worse though, the guy that doesn't use his turn signal or the guy that leaves his turn signal on for 57 fucking miles? How do you not hear that, you jackasses? Isn't it going tink, tink? Don't you see the gl- blinking light on your dash? Like, like I lay on my horn. I, I fuck, flash my lights. They don't hear any of that either. Like, are you turning or not is all we need to know. Right. Either way. Just figure it out. That's all I ask. Figure it the fuck out. There's nothing pisses me off more than you're, you're pulling out of a parking lot and you think you've got a space, but there's a car coming, so you're, you're not going to wait, right? You're So you're going to wait. And then they turn on the turn signal at the last fucking minute and cause you to miss that spot. All that pisses me off. I always want to follow those people into, like, stores and troll them. So I always want to say things that will get me arrested. When oh, I was no, driving, I, just, I was oh, driving I next to like, Oh, eggs. You guys eat a lot of eggs? Stop. <laughs> Did you need those eggs right now? And announce everything they're putting in their fucking cart. (laughs) So I was driving. I was driving back from Fremont. I was driving back from Fremont after uh, taking or taking the girls to a a birthday party. And there's a road that the road that connects Fremont to the highway is 35. And this old ass lady is doing 15. Oh, my God. And there's no room to pass, even even if it was legal. There's you can't really. It's hard to pass on that road because it curves a lot. And then she gets onto the the ramp for the highway, and you know it's a ramp. You're going from a, a road that's 35 to a, a stop, and then a road that's 70 because the highways in Nebraska are 70 now. Wow. So we're going down this ramp. She gets up to maybe 35. 
And I like to be hitting the speed of the road that I'm getting on if I'm on a ramp for obvious safety reasons. Do you know what those yeah. lanes are actually called? Do you know what the technical terms are for those lanes? They're not technically on ramps or off ramps. They are acceleration lanes and deceleration lanes. Right. When you exit, you don't break until you're on the fucking ramp. Yeah. <laughs> we can do a whole show about this, I think. So she she's doing 35, maybe gets up to 40 as we merge in. And then, like, I have to wait for two people to go by her before I finally have the room. And I'm speeding up, and I get up to about 70, officer. And this old bitch is doing 72. And Are you fucking kidding me? Now you're going to pass me? You've held me up for 17 hours, and now you're going to pass me. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go over 70, obviously. So I start speeding up. I'm in the left lane. She's in the right lane. I start speeding up to get to my cruise speed, and she starts speeding up with me. It gets to the point where I'm doing 85 because my pride will not let this happen at this point. I don't race this that bitch just pissed me off too much. Yeah. And then she takes the next exit. Oh, dude, I'd have followed her. Oh, <laughs> we'd have been drag racing through small town Nebraska. <laughs> well, the next exit takes you from uh, into Bennington, which doesn't mean anything to you, but I'm sure it'll mean something to Trey. <laughs> like, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> Fuck that. You know what? The only thing that bothers me more than than stupid fucking people on the road is people in fucking grocery stores. Like, they'll park their carts, two people, carts going opposite directions. They're having a conversation like they have to catch up for the last 30 years of their fucking life. I just need the corn you're blocking. I want to get the fuck out of here. Go home and call each other. Right? Or move to a place that isn't blocking everyone the fuck else. How hard is this? Walmart is your social circle. <laughs> My heart breaks for you. Like fucking move on. Oh, I hate that. They're going to the Walmart demographic. Thanks, <laughs> I once had a woman burp in my face as she walked past me in Walmart and not say a word. Holy shit. I would be terrified of committing a bodily function inside of a Walmart. Like just oh. in, in public. Like oh, I forgot my anxiety pushed me in Walmart really recently. <laughs> and John's like, people, why are you doing your gun more often? I have seen people I'm gonna shoot a Walmart. I've seen people smoking in Walmart. I have seen people in Walmart in the produce section around fresh vegetables, some of which I might like to purchase, with five inches of dirt caked onto their bare fucking feet walking through the store. And those are just the people that work there. Like, dude. <laughs> seriously. I No, I hate Walmart. Walmart terrifies me. I have a so purple heart. Walmart terrifies me. Dude, so this is why I go to a That's meat hilarious. market for for, mo for half of my food at this point. <laughs> like Walmart just Are you going to Fresh Time? You should be going to Fresh Time. They do everything as much as local as possible. I go to Just Good Meats. They're it's oh. it's on my side of town. You know the good side of town, not not the road with all the fucking potholes. All right, you have the sh you live in a shitty county with shitty cops. Okay. So you have lower no, no. taxes. That's we have a great county with shitty sheriff's department. <laughs> okay, shitty in what way? Shitty, they're they're overactive. Non-interfering, very pro-libertarian way. This is not a liber This is not a city. A, B. No, city. Really? Do they have a mayor over there? Yeah, our mayor is. Uh, God, what is our mayor's name? It's something really funny. That's why I want to bring it up. I thought you were just a suburb. Sorry, uh, I know La Vista has a marriage. Let's see Hike. So the dude's name is Hike. And all I could think of when he was running was tax hike and how I didn't want my taxes to go up. I voted for the other guy. 
purely on that. <laughs> oh my god. Tax hike, go hike this, bitch. He's gonna run against him just because of his name. Bellevue, right? So hang on, Bellevue Mayor isn't pleased with site Sarpy County picked for mental health center. Oh. Like oh, there's what a this guy bit- for a mental health center? Right. It's not like, well, I mean, maybe maybe he's got a point. I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. But there's plenty of open space in Bellevue still for a, a mental health center. And God knows, I mean, given that, uh, given that this is a huge military base, they could probably fucking use a couple. Right, but right. are they maybe thinking that the property that he picked has a higher retail value? They they're could probably funneling everybody over to that shitty VA over there off of 370. <laughs> I feel bad every time I have to go to the VA. I feel bad for the staff and angry at the government. I mean, sometimes the staff and always the government. Sometimes the staff is god awful, and they're they're the reason our battle buddies are dying. Uh, but it, the government is always part of the, that problem. Sometimes, but so many of them are 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 people who genuinely give a damn, right? Who are really trying to make a difference and do something that that they feel is positive and fought and like like the job i'm going for is va related (coughs) oscar looks shell-shocked did we did we break you oscar (laughs) yeah it's i'm actually very interested in what you guys are saying so i'm just like paying attention tonight (laughs) <laughs> we, a little bit we talked about having a podcast for bdsm yeah i mean i'm i'm, I'm off record i'll be down for it but for the sake of public because i live in a very small town conservative christian i don't think that will bode well <laughs> Well, we'll do it after dark, or we can do it after the campaign, after you get elected. After I get elected. <laughs> there you go. You guys, look, after like, dark. One of the things that, that we talked about before, one of the things that I, I'm really super excited about with Oscar's campaign is, look, it, and it's an issue that I faced when I ran. So he could run and win as a libertarian. But if Ohio loses ballot access, Ohio is probably – going to automatically revert him back to an independent without his consent. Right? This this is an opportunity for a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. In, in a really good way to highlight some of the bullshit surrounding this ballot access shit. So, uh, pause. Um, this, this guy's talking. I'm not really understanding what he's saying. Uh, once again, holler at us. We're in the adult industry, and we're also podcasters. Do you know who Nathan Hammond is? I don't, Nathan, but Nathan, DM us. Um, DM us on the page, and let's have a conversation. Oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, wait, no, he's, he's oh, saying uh, yeah. joking about the Libertarian can win. Of course the Libertarian can win. I, I think it's Thank you, Chad, for proving yeah. that. And we had two candidates Porter. in Illinois whose names I forget. Uh, oh, we lost Dre. That sucks. A BDSM no. podcast, dude. We're so here. I hear Dre. Oh, I can't hear her or see her. So I can. the good news is it's 9.05. It's time for us to go. Uh, thank you so much, Oscar, for coming on. You want to give us a shout out uh, for for all your stuff? I, I flashed the uh, the website and everything on the screen earlier. But you hey, know. guys, come to our page and you'll find links to Oscar's stuff here. Give us a couple of days to get it up. It'll all be up there. Um, track his campaign, donate. Uh, if you live in his district or it's commutable to you, show up and volunteer. He needs door knockers and he needs people to go out and, and door hang. Door knockers are so important. And that is I mean, how seriously. we so if what, you what, give money, give time. What's your, your website and all that, Oscar? Uh, my website's electoscarherra.com. Herrera spelled H-E-R-R-E-R-A. It's on my Facebook page, Oscar Herrera for 96th District. On the website, you will find a link to my crowd pack where you could down, uh, donate. I'm working to get a Coinbase wallet set up for crypto donations because that's in, in something people are interested in doing as well. So, Cool. Thank you for coming on. Sorry that we kind of, the second half of that turned into our normal shit show. Sorry, Oscar. The best hey. of luck to you. I wish I could vote uh, for you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, we'll see you all next week. I don't, do we have anyone next week? 
don't think we do. I, think we I don't do. think we have anyone currently yeah, scheduled. Yeah, we do. We do. Ooh. Look at, oh, all right. I'm going to look. Hold on, because we're calling it at somebody on blast. Because putting people on blast before they're supposed to come on is working for us. So I can't hear Dre. Is she telling me that there's someone? Yeah, hang there. on. Oh, oh where's okay. my app? Oh, where's my phone? There it is. Sorry, everyone. Technical difficulties. Tom Arnold. Yeah, Tom Arnold's on with us next week, Zach. Oh, sweet. We're getting Santa. Liberty Claus. Santa needs to show up this time. Um, drinking, bullshitting, shooting the shit. So, um, that that one's that one's gonna get so dirty. It's gonna get dirty fast. Oh. Libertarian Santa. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you, Oscar. Bye, Thank everyone. You. Good night.